I'm shook! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to everybody's favorite Hollywood scandal podcast. It's Holly Shook! I'm Ryan, as always. I am joined by the wonderful Mr. Misophiles himself. It's Armin. Hey, Army. Did you make me Greek or something with that last name? No, it's from completely irrelevant pop culture phenomenon, Cats, the movie. Oh, I've never seen Cats. I haven't seen it in in Broadway. I haven't seen the movie. What's Misophiles? In Broadway. Um, <laughs> he's a. I think he's James Corden's character. I had never seen Cats until I saw it in theaters, like, over the holidays, because I felt like I had to because everyone was talking about it, you know? And it was terrible. But yeah, I think there's a whole song called Mr. Marvelous or Marvelous Mr. Misophiles. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. I don't think it was James Corden's character now that I think about it. But I don't know what was going on the whole time. Honestly, I was like, uh, <laughs> what's happening? That's actually a missed opportunity for us. We should have covered cats in some way. Did we not even talk about it? No, we didn't even talk about it. Just considering the volume of celebrities in it, Rye, that was prime content for us don't you think yeah that might be a historic one down the road (laughs) like how wrong that movie went and they all hated it like all of the cast was like not proud of it oh i love when movies are like that but anyway um we'll get to cats later um (laughs) yeah actually uh that's a teaser at the very end of this episode we're gonna talk cats we'll talk cats no, I think we've said enough. <laughs> Honestly, I wish I never brought it up. Like, I'm so glad that people stopped talking about cats. Because it was all people talked about for so long. I was like, ugh, shut up. But, you know, it did get me to go see it. Anyway, speaking of other messes. Um, <laughs> By the way, I just have to think about how that started. And it's because you were doing a bit on how you can't pronounce my last name. I forgot for a second how we got here. But we're here now. And, no, uh, I wasn't talking about your last name. I thought you were doing a bit on how you can't pronounce my last name, so you're calling me Mr. Masopheles instead of Mr. Say it now. Masrati. <laughs> now I'm a car. <laughs> no, that bit was so last week. Get with it, Armin. I come up with new material every week, please. Um, but you know who else gives us new material every week? It's Max, Eric, and Demi Lovato. It's our new favorite thing to talk about. That was such a good segue, Rye, and I can't believe we didn't plan that. That was just an authentic, organic segue. I love that. We've never planned, first off, anything. True. But also, our segues are always kind of improved, improvised, if you will. That's true, but I feel like sometimes we set each other up. There was no setup there. It just happened. Yeah, there was no setup at all. I mean, that was just my genius mind. Also, (laughs) quick, quick side note, I saw... I saw we got a review and someone told <laughs> someone said it sounds like I want to take a nap the whole time. <laughs> and I just like now I'm really hyper aware of like changing the inflection in my voice. But I don't know. That's just how my voice is. No, Rye, be yourself. Don't let the haters <laughs> change you. And to be fair, I always want to take a nap. So I'm like, you're not wrong. That's very true. Uh-huh. We both love to sleep. You know who needs to go to sleep? Max Eric, like this guy is just absolutely insane. Um, so as you guys know, we've been following the breakup of Demi Lovato and Max Eric. 
it's been my obsession. And last week we talked about he potentially has a new girlfriend. And we were, like, dissecting it, even though nobody asked us to, of if we thought it was too soon, if we thought it was all an act, if we thought it was, like, malicious. And this week it came out that the girl, her name is Sonica Vaid Vaid, already has a boyfriend, and they live together. And the pictures of her with Max were not, in fact relationship pictures they just are friends they had met through a mutual friend and hung out one night and that's all it was they're just friends I'm a little bit confused by it because it was a little bit of a flirty photo that we saw and then there's also the photo of them facetiming together that he posted which to me is like why would you post that if it's just a friend you just you like just met through mutual friends exactly seems a little off but yeah she said that we're not dating and she's dating someone who's a real estate agent who worked for Mauricio from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills who I love I do love the fame connections going on here she herself was an American Idol contestant, which we learned while we were podcasting last week. I think you were like going through her Instagram and learned that she was on American Idol. You thought she was like some model, and then you were like, oh, wait, she's a former contestant on American Idol. What is up with Max Eric's pop star obsession? Right, he loves pop stars. Famously thirsted after Selena Gomez for a full decade, and Miley, and Ariana Grande, even dabbled in a little Demi Lovato, even though his tweets were actually like slamming Demi in favor of like Ariana and Selena and Miley. But all that aside, I agree with the source in this story who said, quote, he wants to make it look like he's moving on with another woman, but they're not dating. She's in a full relationship and lives with her boyfriend. He's trying to get back at Demi and make her jealous. It's all phony, end quote. Right. He posted the FaceTime photo, not her. It would be a different story, I think, if she did it, because then I think we we could question her credibility when she says, we're just friends and we're just hanging out. It's no big deal. Then why are you posting these flirtatious-seeming FaceTime photos? But it's all on his end. You even found all this before the did or before the tabloids did you were stalking his ig and you were like wait is he already moving on to another girl because he was trying to present that he was trying to get people to think that yes thank you for pointing out that i actually did break the news um as per usual and it was i for all i know i started the rumor actually because (laughs) i was texting you about it like before before we even recorded, I was like, he has a new girlfriend. It's okay. We're all like along for this journey. And he never officially said this is my new girlfriend. But like, yeah, like, like you said, the pictures were implying that it was a romantic relationship. Arms around each other. Who FaceTimes with a friend, like a platonic friend? Couldn't be me. And it's just weird. This guy is unhinged. He needs to seek treatment. And... It's like very, it's like 
the crying on the beach photos were like funny, but now it's like lasted so long that it's like not becoming funny anymore. You know what we're learning about this Max Eric character, who, by the way, we've had in our lives for no more than four weeks now. Like we have right. only known of this human for less than four weeks, actually. I think it's late September when we discovered this guy. Sure. We're learning that this character is wildly manipulative. Yeah. He not only manipulated Demi, because Demi thought, this is just a dude who I've met, and we're starting to like each other, and now we're engaged. Well, it turned out he had an obsession with her and other singers like her for a full decade. He was manipulating her to his own end, his own agenda, which is this like strange pop star obsession. But he's also manipulative towards the general public at large with his like fake crying photos on the beach. We later learned that he called the paparazzi to snag the photos. That's ridiculous. And now it seems like he's manipulating this American Idol girl to, you know, hang out with him a little bit so he could, you know, again, snag some photos, post yeah. them and make people think that he is dating her. Yeah. He is a strange dude. Super strange. And also just like, just why? Like, I don't know why. <laughs> well, we called this at first. He just craves attention. It's absolutely attention craving. I just, it's like, that's mental illness. Like, if you're that, if you're that concerned with being relevant, it's like, he needs to get help. It's like concerning. <laughs> like, I love attention. Obviously, I do a podcast. But, like, I would, it, the way he's presenting it and the the things he's doing just make me so nervous. Like, kind of sociopathic. Uh, to be fair, uh, in terms of achieving one's goals, he has received the attention he so craved. Right. I just think, like, if he was actually, like, wanting to be a successful actor, he would turn this attention into, like, booking a role or, like, getting on, like, a reality show or something like that. But it's just, like, messy Instagram attention. And I'm like, hmm? I don't know. Like, what, do, if, like, what if he booked a role playing a pastor in southern United States and all he wanted to do as a pastor was help people? But he already made that goal and it's very clear that he's doing that. So, like, get a new fucking goal, dude. I love how every post mentions the synopsis to that film. It's like, just chatting with my favorite American Idol contestant who is helping me read lines for the upcoming film where I play a pastor in the southern United who States. one time went to church that had a pastor, which is funny because I play a pastor. <laughs> He's so annoying. I hate him. I, like, loved him at first because I thought he was, like, so hot and also, like, randomly married to Demi Lovato. I just thought it was random. And now I'm, like, fully afraid for my life. If I saw him in person, I would run away. Like, Do you think this is I a case of a person destroying their attractiveness due to their terrible personality. Oh, absolutely. I like can't even look at him anymore. It like scares me. <laughs> um speaking of looks. Mm. We should talk about this next story, Rye. Okay, As I we'll called get... it the Ellen Day update. Oh, I didn't notice that and I'm so mad that you pointed it out. <laughs> I could have I could have gone through my day not knowing that you wrote that and you still had to bring it up. I can't let you go through your day without like hearing one of my amazing story headlines or whatever. Um, well, I famously tweeted this article 
with the caption, haven't we been through enough? And the caption is, Ellen DeGeneres debuts new slicked back hairstyle. And seriously, haven't we been through enough? She looks like fucking the green goblin from fucking Spider-Man. Someone tweeted something like, Ellen is like finally leaning into evil Ellen or something. It is very evil Ellen-esque. It looks so scary. And I feel like she may be one step closer to what I dubbed Defiant Ellen. She now has the hairdo to match the persona, but her persona hasn't caught up to the hairdo. Correct. I think it's a baby step in the right direction. Yes, yes, right direction. Um, But then you did also point out that you pointed out that other people were pointing out um, that it does look like Portia de Rossi's hair. And it's so weird. I'm like, if I saw two lesbians with that hair and they were dating, I would just, like, abolish gay rights at that point. Like, that is (laughs) not okay. But isn't twinning a thing? And by the way, it's not just a thing in the gay community. I feel like the boyfriend twins get a bad rap. Oh, I see it everywhere. I see it with heterosexuals, too. Yeah, I met a straight couple a couple weeks ago that I thought they were cousins. Mm -hmm. Um, The brother-sister couples? Come on. I even had a couple in high school that I was not friends with, but talked to semi-often. And I literally thought they were cousins the whole time I knew them. And then, like, after a year, they were like, boy, like... They, like, made a comment, and I was like, wait, what? And they're like, we're dating. And I was like, I thought you were related. (laughs) And it was really, really embarrassing for them. (laughs) Okay, but it's really scary. If you guys haven't seen a picture of her new hair, it's, like, really bad. And, like, why? Like, I get a brand change, but why, like, change the image, like, a month after you debuted your show again? Like, why didn't you do it on the first episode back, you know? She's flailing, Rye. Her ratings are down over 30%, and she's hoping that a new hairdo will fix it. I'm sorry, it's a too little too late for that. She needs to lean into a new persona. I think she should dig her heels in on Evil Ellen, as some people are calling it, or I would say mm-hmm. Defiant Ellen. Defy the haters. Tell them, you know what? I am a shitty boss. I treat my employees terribly, and you're going to love me for it. You know what? Evil Ellen rolls out the tongue because it's E-E. It should be Defiant Degenerous. Oh, yes. Right, you're getting into it. I love it. Yep, there we go. So you either say Evil Ellen or Defiant Degenerous. I love that. Mm -hmm. And you could even do Defiant Derossi if Portia gets involved a little bit. I don't know. You know, there's options. Derossi has been Defiant because she has really stood by Ellen this whole time. She was giving us the early quotes to the paparazzi when Ellen was in hiding. By the way, right, I am loving that we have a couple long-term scandals here that are sort of supplanting the college admission scandal. I didn't know what we were going to do without it. But now we have Max Eric who's giving us a lot of content over the course of a couple months. Ellen DeGeneres, it's been now three or four months. You know, the college admission scandal was a full two-year scandal. It gave us a lot, a lot, a lot of things to talk about. And yeah. you know what? Celebs, they just never fail us on in that regard. If one goes and then another comes. Yeah, it was like Lori, Lori and Matisse, or whatever the fuck's name is, Massimo got their sentencing and we were like oh my gosh it's over and then ellen was like hold my beer y'all want a scandal 
I'll step in. And I'm like, for that, I'm thankful. Always thankful. Um, speaking of being thankful. <laughs> we are not thankful okay. for this next story. Yeah. Oof, this one's gross. Extremely gross. I'm pretty sure everyone and their mother uh, has heard this story. We're dubbing this the scandal of the week. We haven't done this in a long time. I'd argue it's because there's been so many scandals that you couldn't pick one that defined the week. Well, this one defined the week for sure. And that is the New Yorker suspending reporter Jeffrey Tubin after he was caught masturbating on a Zoom call. Uh, it's so 2020. That is a very 2020 headline because... Two years ago, even last year, that headline wouldn't have made sense. Twelve months ago, you'd be like, a Zoom call? What? Right. Uh, Rye, before we get into the details of this story, what's the worst thing you've ever done on a Zoom call? Um, masturbated. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, like, absolutely did not respond to that, and it was concerning. Uh, uh, that you literally, like, had to hesitate. <laughs> Um, like, who do you think I am? Uh, Jeffrey Tubin. The worst thing I've done on a Zoom call was I signed up and paid $5 for a Zoom workout class at 10 a.m. And I woke up, put on workout clothes, opened my computer to join the Zoom workout class. And I have done it a few times beforehand. My friend um, hosts them. And I never have my camera on because I'm like, why in God's name do I need other people to see me doing the workout? Like, no, thank you. So I had my camera off. <laughs> but I didn't want, like, I wanted her to think that I came to the class. So I put on my workout clothes, opened the Zoom call, laid on my couch for the 45 <laughs> minutes on my phone while the Zoom class was playing. And then at the end, wrote in the chat, thanks for kicking my butt. See you next week. <laughs> And logged off. I didn't do it. I didn't do this. Why class. even be there, though? Because like, I was like, oh, my God, if I... Because one time I signed up. I had done the workout class like four or five times. One time I signed up, and I it was at like 9 a.m. or something instead of 10. And I was like, I woke up, and I was like, I'm so freaking tired. I don't want to do this. So I just didn't show up. And she's my friend, so she texted me and was like, hey, oh, my God, did I miss... Like, you know, I have to accept people into the Zoom call. Uh... She's like, did I miss your, like, you trying to get in? I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> like, come back next week, like, for free, like, whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, no, my bad. I double booked or, like, some shit. Like, as if there was another Zoom class at 9 a.m. <laughs> that I was doing. Um, so you yeah. did all that to avoid the drama of a text message. Yeah, and just, like, I, how many times am I going to act like I fucking double-booked myself on a Zoom call? So I was like, I'm just going to open the computer and just lay on the couch. And then I just think the best part was me being like, thanks for kicking my butt, girl. That's the like, most unhinged Max Eric-y part of that story. Yeah, it's really psychotic of me. But <laughs> uh, to be fair, I only those two times missed it. The other times I would go. <laughs> well, there you go. I think the worst thing I have ever done on a Zoom call is just get sloppy drunk, which I'm pretty sure at this point everybody could relate to. Oh, yeah. No, you've, like, fully blacked out on a Zoom call with me. <laughs> like, fully. Which, well, like, same. Yeah, exactly. We take shots. We're taking shots and drinking something else. And mm -hmm. my theory, which we've discussed, is that you get more drunk on a Zoom call because you're just sitting still. Yeah. Whereas... 
in a bar, in a club, you're moving around, you're sweating it off. Like, I don't get drunk that quickly usually, but for some reason on Zoom calls, it seems to happen quicker and hit harder. And I think it's because you're just sitting still for, you know, three hours. Yeah, and it's like that thing of like, you know how you, the alcohol, you don't know how drunk you are until you stand up. Like, if you're right. at a restaurant thing. So a Zoom call, you're like sitting down and then you stand up and you're like, oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten drunk on Zoom many a times. Camille's birthday mm-hmm. last month or whatever. I was like, absolutely wasted. And you had a big day the next day. Yeah, I was not well. But um, <laughs> but back to Tubin. At least you didn't masturbate. Right, right. I, that I would never. But Tubin, <laughs> on the other hand, according to Vice, Vice reported that there was an election simulation with the New Yorker reporters. And Jeffrey Tubin decided during this election simulation, he would masturbate. Uh, they had different reporters playing Republicans, Democrats, Trump, uh, the military. Tubin was playing the courts. Two sources said that there was a strategy session where different groups went out into breakout rooms. You've heard of breakout rooms, right? In Zoom calls? Unfortunately, yes, I have. Uh, they said that during the breakout room session, it seemed like Tubin lowered his camera and then they could see him masturbating. Shortly thereafter, he left the call and then he called back in to the Zoom. According to, to the sources, quote, seemingly unaware of what his colleagues had been able to see and the simulation continued. And quote, this is what Tubin had to say about the incident. Uh, quote, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing I was off camera. I apologize to my wife, family, friends, and coworkers. I believed I was not visible on Zoom. I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. I thought I had muted the Zoom video, end quote. Right. One, love the idea of muting a Zoom video. Right. Not how muting works. Right. But also insane how he thinks it's better just because he didn't think others could see him i guess it's slightly better on the spectrum but you shouldn't be masturbating at all on a zoom call on a work zoom call this isn't like a sex call yeah it's not like a circle jerk call like it wasn't like hey let's all go on zoom and like jack off together like if that was the purpose of the meeting then by all means but that's a rare purpose, I feel like. That's not the most common reason for a Zoom call. Actually, I don't know. There's probably a lot of that stuff going on. Well, okay. Phone sex has been around, obviously, far longer than Zoom has been around, right? But that doesn't mean that you conflate phone sex with a work conference call. They are two different scenarios, usually at two different fucking times. He's at work ostensibly, you may be at home because of the pandemic, but you are at work. Why are you trying to jerk off on a work call, especially one that seems like highly interactive, like a simulation of the election where you're playing the courts? Right, you're like fully acting. <laughs> like what? Well, we talked about it last week. The strongest, what did you say? The strongest emotion, Force. Force. human body, 
the strongest force in the human body is horniness. Horniness. Which you say with so confidence as if you've fully conducted a study on it, but... I don't need a study, Rye. All I need is examples like these. Last week, we talked about that because we had yet another incident of celebrities cheating on their partners in full view of the public, right? With Dominic West making out with Lily James. And it's like, dude, you don't think paparazzi are going to catch you? You are right out in the open in Rome. But horniness prevailed, right? The greatest force in the universe or a top three force in the universe is horniness. And Tubin fell victim again. When in Rome, they say, <laughs> well, the worst part about this, I mean, this is not the worst part. The whole thing is the worst part. But of course, you know how anytime there's any form of scandal, a thousand people have to do a think piece about it and like put their own spin on it, aka you and I. Um, I saw a freaking article like the next day or something <laughs> that was like, hate to break it to you, Jeffrey Tubin isn't the only person masturbating on Zoom calls. And I was like, what the fuck? Not do a fucking like investigative journalism into how many people are masturbating on Zoom calls. Like, I was living a bliss free life. A bliss free life. Honestly, yes. A bliss- <laughs> Freudian slip. I was living a blissful life, not knowing anything about masturbation on Zoom calls. And now you're going to make it a whole fucking, like, pandemic of its own? Like, I could do without. Also, the justification I've seen online where people say, everyone masturbates. Yeah, but not on a work call. Right. Just because nobody could see YouTube and doesn't mean it's okay you're supposed to be working with your colleagues like what were you like what was turning you on was it evan osnos playing joe biden (laughs) apparently osnos does a much better biden than carrie okay true (laughs) um jim carrey's snl biden impression just hasn't done it for tubin it hasn't yeah which i haven't done it for anyone true um yeah, I don't know. It's 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 not a it's not a touchy subject. It's well, it's a touchy sub. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> um, it's just weird. It's gross, and yeah, just like maybe I don't know if like a simulate if an election simulation is like what does it for you. Just like hold on to the memory until the call's over, and then just you know get at it, or I don't know call your wife like i there's other ways there's other ways to get off sir well i don't know if tubin's wife is electoral enough for him true a woman in the white house never (laughs) heard of it that's truly a fantasy dream he has just kidding um tubin's uh sex dreams need to be as based in reality as possible oh my god I just don't know what to do with his information anymore. Is he going to get fired? Is he fired? How is he not fired is my question. It's like suspended. I'm like, uh, usually when people are caught jerking off at work, they're fired. Oh, yeah. In full view of your colleagues? What? <laughs> like, was it like a recorded Zoom? Like, were they like streaming it somewhere? Or was it just like for them? Just for them. If it was streaming, we all would have seen it by now. It would have okay. popped up on the feed. Right, 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 right. I'm assuming. So I don't think I mean, it was streaming. 
Yeah, well, I guess, um, yeah, I don't think he's fully fired yet. I think they're still investigating, but there's no doubt in my mind that he will not be returning. Oh, yeah. And if he's not fired, he's definitely been canceled. Speaking of canceled, right. Uh We had a little Chris controversy this week. That's what I'm dubbing this next segment. Not your best, but (laughs) we'll go with it. Um, They all can't be the best, right? That's why there is a best. But There's very few bests. This segment is about Chris Pratt's reaction to the fun little Twitter moment that happened this week. You may have seen it before the reaction to it. Uh, Some, I think, random poster posted like Chris Pine, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris Pratt, a photo of each of them. And then I think they said like, who's the worst Chris or something. It's a game that's played on Twitter. It's like a meme, right? It was like, one's gotta go. Right, the one's gotta go meme, exactly. Yeah. I'm not the best at memes, sorry. You tried. I you tried. tried to meme. <laughs> Who's the worst? <laughs> <laughs> Who should absolutely be murdered in plain sight of the public and killed forever? It's like, no, it says one's gotta go. Just one's gotta go. One's gotta go. Simple. So Pretty simple. So here we have four Chris's, one's gotta go. In fact, I think usually it's implied that all four are good, right? All four are good. So so you're forced to have to, you know, send one off. And that sucks, right? Because all four are are good. And also the stakes are like incredibly low because not one of them is actually going to have to go anywhere. It's just a tweet, like a tweet. (laughs) It's just fucking Twitter, right? Yeah. I think I've seen this for movies too, right? Like for like Scorsese movies, one's got to go. Right. And it's like Goodfellas Casino. Fun game. It's not a big fucking deal. A lot of people picked Chris Pratt, though. And everyone in Chris Pratt's orbit got up in arms over this. His wife came out and said, is this what we really need? There's so much going on in the world and people struggling in so many ways. Being mean is so yesterday. There's enough room to love all these guys. Love is what we all need. Not meanness and bullying. Let's try that. She sounds like like a first grade teacher, like scolding her class. By the way, you guys, being mean is so yesterday. It's like, okay, are we 14? Like, get over it. The Rob- standard 14-year-old first graders. RDJ said, what a world. The sinless are casting stones at my hashtag brother. Chris Pratt, a real hashtag Christian who lives by hashtag principle, has never demonstrated anything but hashtag positivity and hashtag gratitude. And he just married into a family that makes space for civil discourse and just plain fact insists on service as the highest value. If you take issue with Chris, I've got a novel idea. Delete your social media accounts. Sit with your own defects of hashtag character. Work on them. Then celebrate your humanness. Uh, at Pratt, 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 I hashtag got your back, 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 back. Okay. Uh, we also got a Mark Ruffalo quote. Oh, we're <laughs> just going to brush over the amount of hashtags he used? Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. No need. No need to talk about it. Ruffalo says that Pratt is as solid a man as there is. I know him personally. And instead of casting aspersions, look at how he lives his life. He is just not overtly political as a rule, this is a distraction. Let's keep our eyes on the prize, friends. We are so close now. End quote. Yeah, yeah, because p- 
people on Twitter joking about Chris Pratt having to go within the context of a meme is going to be the reason why maybe like 90,000 Wisconsin voters don't go to the polls and cost Biden the election. Like, are you guys fucking nuts? Can we also just like really quickly note that none of this would have been a topic had all these people not talked about it. Like, you know, like they're the ones making it a story. You know why they did, right? There's no doubt in my mind Chris Pratt got really, really bummed about the Twitter hey. And he called up Ruffalo, RDJ. Obviously, his wife is right next to him. And he said, please defend me on social media. Please. I don't like it that all these people don't like me. It's very reminiscent of the I stand with Ellen trend from a couple of months ago that like didn't also didn't take off. I just love like celebrities having to stand up for their fellow adult celebrities who are getting hate on Twitter as if being hated on as a celebrity is like a new concept that they're dealing with for the first time. It's never happened before. Chris Pratt was the very first vic- victim of celebrity online bullying. Um, is this going to become a recurring theme in celebrity world, Rye? Uh, maybe we have to stop this before it, it becomes more widespread because this is a real big issue. So I, I feel really bad for Chris Pratt being the first, potentially, of many celebrities uh, to be disliked on Twitter, a platform in which less than 10% of Americans use I saw a tweet that was like, you know, there was a time in the not so distant past where you could like like somebody's movies without knowing everything about their politics and personal life. Sometimes it's better to just go to the movies blind or whatever. And then someone quote tweeted it being like, just say you're old. <laughs> like true. <laughs> also the person who tweeted that is like the worst, but that aside i'm talking about yeah yeah i know who you're talking about the funny thing about that tweet though right is that it's utter bullshit marlon brando in 1973 didn't attend the oscars outright rejected his oscar win for playing vito corleone in the godfather because Mm -hmm. he wanted to raise awareness for indigenous rights and he had a native american person come accept his award Iconic. I mean, I don't remember it because I was not alive, but I've seen the clip many a times, yes. Actually, celebrity politics used to be even more over, arguably, uh, celebrities for a while. I think now celebrities are becoming, again, more overtly political. But for a while there, celebrities tried extremely hard to be as neutral as possible. But before, I think the hyper-PR-managed era... Right, I think there was an era there, right, where everything was hypermanaged by public relations experts. Before that, you had Muhammad Ali. Everything was political with Muhammad Ali. Correct. He refused to get drafted into the Vietnam War. Right. You had athletes like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, Jim Brown. You had a lot of political activism. Jane Fonda. Love. Celebrities and athletes actually have a rich history of political activism, which is why I find the refrain that, wow, now everything has to be so political. Wow, celebrities suddenly have to make their voice heard in politics. Just keep your politics out of sports. Stick to basketball. Stick to football. And it's like, actually, athletes and celebrities were far more political at one time. 
than yeah. they are today. They are now reclaiming their voice that was once suppressed for, you know, I think the purposes of brand management, basically. You know, securing endorsements and trying to stay as neutral as possible. Sort of that Michael Jordan mentality of the 90s, Republicans buy sneakers too. But that's changed. And just like because of social media, people are like, this is so the first time that we're in, that celebrities are involved. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's the first time that there's like something called Twitter. Like, let's fucking like call it what it is. It's just a different way of them doing it. Okay, calm down, everybody. Or there's also you being an ignorant person and it's the first time you've heard about it. Just right. because it's the first time you've heard about it doesn't mean it's the first time it's ever happened in history. But I think a lot of people have that mentality. Also, like, I'm just over straight white men, like, playing the victim. It's like, dude, get over it. <laughs> um, speaking of something we just can't get over, we're going to go into one of my favorite um, segments. Oldies but goodies. We usually just do one, but we have a couple this week. These ones are good. Um, I did lol at both of these. So, my girl Miley, as I am famously the number one Miley fan of all time, a true smiler. She's off her rocker and it's just incredible um if you are not listening to the new music that she's putting out right now do yourself a service and listen she covered blondie's heart of glass it's incredible i can't stop listening to it anyway um in a recent interview miley said that she saw a ufo and made contact with the being that was driving this ufo and she said she was driving through San Bernardino with my friend and I got chased down by some sort of UFO. I'm pretty sure about what I saw, but I'd also bought weed wax from a guy in a van in front of a taco shop. So it could have been the weed wax. <laughs> to which I say, no, Miley, if you know what you saw, you know what you saw. Okay, girl, stick by it. I believe in UFOs and aliens, so it's fine. She also didn't say she smoked the wax. She just said that she bought the weed wax, as right. she put it. So, so buying weed wax does not mean that you are uh, under the influence of weed wax. Right. And owning weed wax does not a UFO make is all I'm saying. Um, she said, I did see it flying. My friend saw it too. There were a couple of other cars on the road and they also stopped to look. So I think what I saw was real. Um, she said she made eye contact with the being sitting in the driver's seat I think that's what really shook me, looking into the eyes of something that I couldn't quite wrap my head around. I was shaken for like five days. It fucked me up. I couldn't really look at the sky the same. I thought they might come back. Um, I love this. I'm all for this, Miley. It's almost like I'm comparing Miley with Chris Pratt. Like, Miley gives zero <laughs> fucks. Like, she's like, I'm going to say whatever's on my mind. Y'all are going to think I'm crazy. Y'all are going to talk shit. And I'm not going to give a fuck. I'm going to just like keep being me. We've said it once, we'll say it a million times. Miley is just unapologetically Miley, and I love her. And, like, who fucking cares what random people on Twitter are saying about you? Just, like, be yourself and own your truth, you know? Right. You know how uh, some celebrities, when they go on these press tours, it should be mentioned that Miley is on a press tour to promote her next album, which is coming out in November, right? November 27th. <laughs> what time? Uh, midnight. <laughs> um, when most celebrities go on these press tours, right, and I think you know this, they tell the same bland story over and over and over again until they get to plugging their album or film or TV show or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Miley has been on this press tour, 
and she has been dropping nuggets. Last week, we talked about how uh, she told the story um, of her dog getting electrocuted on the set of The Voice. Right, 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 right. Now we're getting a UFO story. We still have another five weeks until this album drop. I can't wait until what comes next. Oh, I cannot wait. I think she's going to... Um, I think she might address her... Ooh, Hemsworth. Breakup and then her like thing with that girl from The Bachelor. Um, she'll have to. But that'll be like a last mm-hmm. trimester break like right before the album drops because it's going to be what people are talking about true you want the juiciest content to come out like the week of the 20th Mm -hmm. right like the lead up to the 27th miley is also really good at not really publicly addressing things and just making music about it like when she broke up with liam the first second third fourth i don't know time and released bangers she basically was like um, if you want to know what happened in our relationship, listen to my album and it'll spell it out for you. And I'm like, iconic queen. And then that album is amazing. I think she's doing these kind of silly, goofy, funny ones now just to like get people interested. And then she's going to drop some real bombs right before. I'm so excited. Her music is so good right now, you guys. If you're not listening, I'm mad at you. Speaking of dropping bombs, though, Rye, we got a nugget this week about something that went down back in 2017. Or maybe even 2016. Okay, this is why it's an oldie but a goodie. It's a new story about an old event. Uh, we found out why Shonda Rhimes may have left ABC. Well, she did leave ABC, but we may have found out one of the major reasons why she left. Okay. So, at, you know Shonda Rhimes, right? How dare you ask me that question? Well, showrunner show to a few of the most famous shows ever, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, uh, according to this Page Six article. Made how to more, get away with murder. How to get, get away with murder. Uh, according to this Page Six article, she made more than $2 billion for ABC. Of course, she famously signed a deal with Netflix, the first ever uh, showrunner deal in the nine-figure range, making her one of the richest, most powerful people in Hollywood, right? That was a huge deal. We never really knew why she left. She has often stated it's because of creative control. She told The Hollywood Reporter that uh, there were always disputes over the budget and even the content, the finer details of the content. She said, quote, I felt like I was dying like I'd been pushing the same ball up the same hill in the exact same way for a really long time. However, it turns out that the final nail in that coffin wasn't creative control. It wasn't budgets. It was Disneyland. Did you hear about this, Rye? I did. It's always Disneyland. It's, it's always Disneyland. Everything comes back to Disneyland. So, In her ABC contract, she had a pass to Disneyland. She also was able to negotiate a second pass. However, there was one day where she needed an extra pass. She inquired about it, and she was told more than once, quote, that they never do this. Shonda even calls a high-ranking executive at ABC to hook her up with the extra passes. The exec said, quote, don't you have enough, end quote. 
Shonda's pissed off, immediately calls her lawyer and said, quote, figure out a way to get me over to Netflix or I'll find new representatives, end quote. So, right, it turns out that Shonda left ABC not for creative control, not for a bigger budget, but she left ABC because they wouldn't hook her up with one extra Disneyland pass. What do you think? I'm all for Shonda putting her foot down saying, like, get me the fucking pass. I'm all for it because it's like, bitch, she is ABC. Like, I have never heard of a show on ABC that wasn't Shonda Rhimes. They had a whole night dedicated to her. Shondaland Thursdays, hello? It was like three back-to-back shows by Shonda Rhimes. Okay, she's iconic. So I'm all for it. I'm like, yes, bitch, get your Disneyland pass. Yes, bitch, leave ABC over this. Like, I'm all for that. Yes. Uh, The only other thing (laughs) is like, girl, it is $200 to get a pass. Like, you could, you can afford it, you know. It's the pettiest fucking move I've ever heard of, potentially. I'd have to go through my petty um, Rolodex. This is one of the pettiest moves ever. This really sets a new standard for petty. But it's not like everything was fine and dandy, unicorns and rainbows. True. And then she's like, I didn't get my Disneyland pass. Get me to Netflix. <laughs> like, she obviously, there was other shit going on. Right. And then it was just like, all right, fuck it. Netflix it is. I do hope that this story is hyperbolic. Um, but let's assume that this l- literally happened with in a vacuum with no other caveats. I have two perspectives on it. Uh, From the perspective of the executives, right? Or if I were in the executives' shoes, give her the pass. Give her 10 passes. If she is making you billions and billions and billions of dollars, what's an extra pass, right? She does get extra privilege by being one of their most talented uh, employees, right? Right. Um, In in that sense, there is a scale. (laughs) So... Maybe Isaiah Washington of Grey's Anatomy doesn't get a pass. Too soon. (laughs) In fact, revoke his pass. Yeah. But Shonda? Does she need 10 passes? Does she need 20? Here you go. Take them. Enjoy your day at Disneyland. She's probably going to spend, you know, God knows how much on those fucking, you know, uh, overpriced beers and hot dogs. Right? Right. On the other hand, it is so unimaginably petty of Shonda to be motivated to leave ABC because they didn't give her a free pass to Disneyland, which, as you said, costs no more than $200. And she is worth, I think, hundreds of millions of dollars now. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's incredible. I'm obsessed with that story. Um. We could do a whole pod just on that story, just talking about it endlessly. I'm Team Shonda. I'm like, fuck yes. Like, and the fact that the exec was like, don't you have enough or something? Like, fuck off, asshole. That is such like an asshole response. You're not handling your management well by saying yeah, that. Yeah, like, and then now they're probably wishing they gave the free fucking pass, you know? Of course. You have to understand when you are an executive of an entertainment company, a media company, there are egos involved. And Shonda, of course, has an ego. She's created shows that are insanely popular. It would be strange if she did not have an ego. Right. You have to coddle that ego. You have to make her feel good. And a part of that 
may be fulfilling requests that aren't usual. They never do this, right? Right. Um, but you know what? If she asks, you do it. Guess what? Other guess what? Another thing people don't normally usually do is create a television show that lasts fucking three hundred thousand seasons and makes you two billion dollars, bitch. Okay, so sometimes we do things that we don't usually do. Right. I still think though that Shonda is being insanely petty, right, and blowing it way out of proportion. But yes, mm. the executives were wrong too. You know, to each their own. Um, I know one day I will be making a call to Disneyland saying, give me the pass. And they'll be like, who are you? <laughs> Let's um, try that. Let's try that one day. Um, you're not giving me a fucking free pass to Disneyland. Do you know who I am? I'm going to Netflix. Do you know that I watched seasons three through eight of Grey's Anatomy <laughs> and then stopped? Thank you. Okay. Where's my pass? Um... Well, that was a wild ride that we've been on today, mm. and... One of the wildest. One of the wildest, in my opinion. I feel like I just saw a UFO pass me, and I'm so excited to see where we go from here on all these journeys. Yeah, we have uh, some segments that we're going to be revisiting, namely the For- Ellen and Max Eric segments. For sure. Defiant DeGeneres is almost here. She's coming. And until then, I'm going to be defiant Ryan <laughs> and just kind of be an asshole. <laughs> Resilient Ryan. Resilient Ryan. How about that? I feel like that's a compliment. Yeah, um, And yeah, thanks for listening, you guys. Cool. <laughs> thanks for listening, you guys. Cool. <laughs> See you next time. I'm going to take a nap since that's what I wanted to do since we started doing this. <laughs> um, uh, and we will talk to you guys later.